Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. Thomas, your host, and I thank you for joining us again here on TSC Music. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing what we call a summer rewind, and we've been looking at some of the thought-provoking interviews that have taken place in the past two seasons. However, today, this week, we decided that we were going to go ahead and do something new simply because there's a thought that has been burning in my heart, and I have been sharing this with our project manager, Jesse, and decided we were going to go ahead and post this new podcast This thought, how effective is the song? When we think about the many great songs that have been written over the generations in our nations that continue to ring out today, it's amazing the effect that many of them have had on the music industry and the excitement that they have produced in people who have heard them and went on to make the purchase. Songs like We Are the World, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror, Whitney Houston's cover of The Greatest Love of All and I Will Always Love You. R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. These are just some of the biggest songs in recent history. And if I mention songs like God Bless America and The Star Spangled Banner, these two songs would be familiar to nearly every generation alive today. And without a doubt, great is something each of these songs have in common. But there's something else there that they all share. See, each of them have messages that either speak hope, encouragement, or stares some emotion in the listener. At best, they might even be able to motivate the occasional listener to get up and take some course of action for their lives. Or they each simply make one feel good about the thought of taking some action for their lives. Some of these songs were used to raise millions of dollars for noble causes, but they didn't necessarily move people from the comforts of life in America to the streets of Africa to help the poor. Now, during the tragic events of 9-11, we heard police departments, fire departments, military personnel, men and women of Congress and local government, and even churches all across this nation banded together singing, God Bless America. And even that great line from the other Uh, patriotic song, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, was sang from the top of the lungs of many who didn't and still do not believe in the God whom the song speaks of. The fact is, music and lyric is mostly emotional. It helps people to say what they often cannot put into words or in spoken words themselves. You mix the lyric with the right groove or feel or vibe, and you've captured the ear even the heart of the listener, at least temporarily. When the music is faded and our feel-good is gone or it's waned and the reality of our situation remains, then what? Don't go away because we're going to be discussing this a little further and a little deeper 
We're going to be looking at music in the context of our daily lives and, of course, in the context of worship. We welcome you to follow us and join the discussion on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. God is Faithful is the title of a new book from the personal writings of Pastor David Wilkerson. This volume offers 365 deeply insightful, deeply inspiring reflections that reveal the loving heart of the Father. Each day in this year-long devotional journey, you can experience what Brother Dave knew intimately and preached passionately, that God is faithful and He takes great delight in you. To purchase a copy in limited edition hardcover, visit tscnyc.org. The Supergroup, as it's known, was a group of musicians and singers and producers that came together in the 1980s to record that famous song, We Are the World, written by the late Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. It was a song that was written to raise awareness and funds to help combat the AIDS epidemic in Africa and in Haiti. This song sold over 20 million copies and raised over $100 million. And yet, with all the copies of that project that was sold, with all the famous singers and musicians that were involved, it didn't necessarily change the hearts of those who were involved and put them on the ground in Haiti or in Africa, or even in cities here in America for that matter. As great as this production was, and as wonderful as the song is, it still didn't necessarily motivate the hearts of those who purchased the song to do anything about the AIDS epidemic or to do anything about the other epidemics, if you will, that still plague our nation and our world today. Songs make us feel good. And I do believe that songs can and often do move people to a state of consciousness where they become more aware of the realities around them. Songs can cause one to recognize a dire need in society, but rarely does a song cause one to get up and run right out and do something to fill a need or heal a hurt. Now, certainly that's not always the case, which is why I said rarely. Other than make us feel good, what is a song for? What is it to accomplish? Who is it supposed to reach? And how is it supposed to affect them once it reaches them? Now, clearly, there's no single answer to any of those questions. Certainly, the purpose of a song is subject to the writer's intention. For example, if a writer wants you to think about love in a specific way, then he or she is going to use words that are going to stir that emotion in you. It may be about relationships. It may be about heartache or heartbreak. uh, But they're going to use words and examples and stories and analogies, if you will, to get you to think about love based on their experiences. Now, not every songwriter writes a song with the intention of getting you to think about anything. Some instrumentalists or musicians will write songs that are just instrumental and the intention is for the listener to think about whatever makes them happy. 
Some music is intentionally meant to be good driving music. Other music is good for the spa. Maybe you're getting a treatment. Uh, other music is good for dancing. Some music is created to bring you to an awareness of an event or a cause. Other music, as we mentioned earlier, is for some philanthropic purpose. But be assured that the writer had a specific purpose for writing the song. And the question we want to ask today is, what is our song for? What is the song of the Christian church? What is the song of the believer for? What is it supposed to do? How is it supposed to move us? Where is it supposed to take us uh, spiritually, emotionally? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus Now, I thank God for hymn writers like Sankey and Bliss and Phillips and Sweeney and Kirkpatrick uh, for writers uh, like the Hawkins, Walter and Edwin and uh, Andre Crouch, Bill and Gloria Gaither, you know, the late Keith Green, the Winans, and so many others around the world. And those are just to name a few. Uh, we, we thank God and we bless God for the Christian singers of the church who have banded themselves together to add the charms and power of, of song to prayer and sermon. But still, it's wise for us to remember that no revival has ever been secured by the days of great singing. Singing helps. It does have a part, does play a role, but it doesn't secure the revival. It doesn't bring the kind of change that the preached gospel of Jesus Christ brings to the life of those who will believe him and trust him. See, that's why I am so convinced that songs don't save. They can help keep one, but they can't save you. The word of God is what comes to challenge, convict, and ultimately change us and get us to a place where we are ready to receive salvation. And usually in the context of our services, ready to receive the preached word of God. It is the preaching of the word that saves a man. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, the latter part of that verse, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Songs don't save. They cannot do it alone. They steer us to a point of salvation or they steer us to a place where we're ready to receive the word and therefore receive salvation. Now, songs can help keep us, help keep us, but they cannot keep us alone because our songs still have to be laced in line with the gospel of truth. But it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the reading the word, is fellowship with him through prayer and through his word that we are maintained. And so even the upkeep of our salvation can't be done by just listening to Christian music or gospel music or whatever we're calling it today. But if our songs are laced and lined with the gospel of truth, then we have something that helps sustain us, helps to keep us, helps to keep our minds stayed on Christ. If we're listening to the right stuff, if we're feeding ourselves the right stuff. So songs don't save. Jesus saves and he saves to the utmost. Having said all of that, I'm going to get off this soapbox for a moment, take a break, come back, because then I want to talk to you a little bit about the choir. In the meantime, join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll be right back. TSC Music is now accepting applications for our adult praise choir. 
The APC is determined to encourage everyone who will hear that God is forever worthy of our trust and our worship, both in life and in song. The APC ministers weekly during our Sunday 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. services, Tuesday at 7 p.m., and rehearses on Thursday evenings. For more information, go to tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved.
from time to time, we like to play music that we think is great and music that we think will bless you. And since we're talking about choirs, you just heard from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, Declare Your Name, what's the name of the project, and that song, It All Belongs to You, featuring that great musician and singer and minister of the gospel, Jonathan Butler. And that was followed by Bishop T.D. Jakes and the Potter's House Mass Choir on the project Grace, the Kenya Experience, and the song title, of course, King of Kings. And then you heard from Kevin LeVar and One Sound from the project Let's Come Together, title track, Let's Come Together was a song. We try to do this from time to time and give you some new listening experiences. And so if you don't have those projects, you might want to run out, pick them up on iTunes or some of the other online distributors. And then finally, you heard from our very own TSC Music, Times Square Church Choir, featuring Vicki Griffin on the song, I've Got a Reason to Praise Him. And on that note, let's talk about the choir. Let's talk about the church choir for a moment. And and maybe if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about what we know as the community choir, uh, which I think is a podcast in and of itself. Now, I believe the choir is an institution. After the congregation, the choir really is the second largest entity of the church. It is often a smaller representation of what's happening in the congregation. Uh, And as it is desired that it should be composed of the finest voices in the congregation, it is also known to not always be the most spiritual collection of individuals. Uh, But instead, musical art and taste Uh, will seem to tower frequently above piety. Now, intended at first to be a help and kind of musical servant to the preacher uh, and the congregation, it some years ago became inflated with the abundance of of, of wind and and the organ loft, if you will. So I take you back to that scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, that it pleased God to save the world through preaching. Now, God relies, I believe, on the word preached with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven to convict, subdue, challenge, and save men. Hence, preaching is the future of religious worship, and it should ever be kept prominent and relied on under Christ as the instrument above all others that God is using for the salvation of men. So so think about it this way. Whenever the church is truly scriptural, spiritual, and powerful, it, it's noticeable that great emphasis and prominence are given to the preaching hour. Whereas on the other hand, it is a mark of decadence, decay, formality, and, and, and spiritual death when the sermon becomes an essay of 15 minutes and the choir monopolizes the better part of the hour. Now, I, I believe every church should have a Second Chronicles 5, 11 through 14 experience. Um, but if that happens all the time at your church and there's never preaching, then there's something missing. There's something wrong uh, with that, in my opinion. Now, I wouldn't dare underestimate the value of singing. Being a singer, a musician, and a choir director myself, uh, that would be somewhat suicidal. However... I've seen so many churches yield the preaching hour to as much singing as possible that I'm going to dare to say that I wonder how much time pastors are spending in the presence of God, getting a fresh word from God, and not piggybacking off of all of the singing and performance that so many choirs are doing on Sunday mornings. Now, this is significant, and it teaches us at once the relative importance of the two, and the choir should never be given preeminence but used simply as a help and kept subservient 
to the pulpit. And today, unfortunately, in so many circles, the choir has become the church within the church. It has become the congregation within the congregation. The choir director or minister of music or whatever title we're using today has become the little pastor under the pastor. It has become so bad in some circles that the pastor almost doesn't even know the people in the choir. He's kind of he or she has kind of taken their hands off of that area of the congregation. And it is in some places and instances where the choir has swept out of its true orbit, where it's ceased to be a subject and has taken the throne, so to speak, that we call attention. Being formed often of a number of unconverted people, which I hate to say, uh, they, they have taken the greater part of the hour that should be devoted to the exposition of the Word of God and have introduced a style of music that has become so far from spiritual that it's easily defined as worldly. Now, I say this again, that this is not the case in every church and every church circle. But what we are seeing on the front line via media, uh, movies that depict the church, uh, the Internet, and so many other sources uh, where you can see Christian music on display uh, is that there's never there seems to be very little demand for righteousness and a lot more demand for skill and talent. Now we go to great lengths here at TSC to try to ensure that those who are serving in the music ministry and other areas of public ministry are truly converted, do have a desire to run after God, to grab hold of righteousness in the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and again, we don't hit the nail on the head every single time. And for the ones that we don't, God always exposes it, calls them out, puts them in a place where we can assist them in their growth in him. Uh, but it's not often that they slip by because the interview process is intense. And we will often skip the audition process because there's no purpose if the person is not walking with the Lord. The choir is a very, very sensitive area of ministry, and it needs to be handled, as I said earlier, skillfully, delicately, prayerfully, and carefully. The Times Square Church Youth Praise Choir is now accepting applications. The YPC's passion for Jesus is contagious. Up for anything and everything, the Praise Choir is eager to show others the love of God. And singing is only the beginning. If you're between the ages of 14 and 30 and would like to be a part of the YPC, go to tscnyc.org and click Get Involved to apply. This summer, share the gospel in one of the greatest mission fields in the world by participating in a one-day mission trip right here in New York City. Everyone is invited. Families with kids, seniors, young adults, choir members, singles, couples, and everyone in between. You will feed the poor with the Raven ministry, share the love of God through 101 evangelism, and have the opportunity to share your testimony. The one-day mission trips will take place on Saturdays, June 30th, July 28th, and August 25th. For more information and to register, visit tscnyc.org. After a very busy Christmas season this past year, 
uh, I decided to do a staycation, my wife and I and our two kids, and stay home and just do local trips with the kids and just enjoy museums and parks and things of that nature. And on one Sunday, uh, we had an opportunity to go visit a church, and it was a church that I was familiar with. I hadn't been there in many, many years. And I was astounded uh, at the experience uh, that that we had at this at this church now and and this is really where I want to go with this conversation. Uh, we were there at this service, and the, as it is the custom in, in many churches, the choir will do what we call choir specials or they 'll sing songs and minister to the congregation uh, just before the the preacher comes up. Now, this choir is under the direction of a young musician, and he's sitting at the keyboard, and he's clearly getting more and more animated as he uh, continues to sing this song that's got you know several modulations and a couple of a couple of changes that this song goes through in the vamp and he's clearly getting more and more agitated more excited about it, and he gets up off the keyboard and stops the music, and the choir continues to sing and now he's proceeding to walk down the aisles up and down the aisles. He walks up one aisle to the back of the church, and then he goes all the way around the back of the sanctuary. He's still directing the choir. They're still singing, but he's going all the way around the sanctuary, all the way around to the far aisle, back down the aisle to the front of the church, across the front of the church. And this is without exaggeration. Uh, and he walks back over to the keyboard, and the church is just going wild. They're just like, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world has happened that we've gotten to the place where ministering a song is just not enough? Now, now, don't misunderstand me. I am not against people feeling good as they worship, uh, wanting to clap or wanting to dance or wanting to raise their hands or wanting to shout for joy or, or wanting to sing, wanting to pray as the Spirit of the Lord moves upon their hearts. I'm not against that whatsoever. But what I am having a problem with is when we go through these extra shenanigans to draw attention unto ourselves and steal away from the message the people were being ministered to. And yet we've got this individual who decides I'm going to just reach out. And you've heard me say this before and steal or touch, if you will, the glory. What's it all for? Is it to minister to the people and cause them to see, know, hear, understand the glory of God, the love of God? the peace of God, or is it to display one's musical skill and brilliance and redirect the hearts and minds of men and women, boys and girls to oneself and away from God? You know, with the advent of the Internet, you can go online and have access to hundreds of thousands of musicians and singers performing uh, in churches across the country and literally around the world. And when you watch these videos, a lot of them, you can see how much of this presentation is for the camera and for the accolades of men and not for the glory of God. There is an incredible amount of singers and musicians growing up in the church, coming up through the ranks, who are extremely talented and given 150% of their skills to the Lord. But then there's always a remnant. There's always a group that can't get enough of the showmanship. If you go online and you start looking at some of these videos, it's appalling to see how much performance and how much playing around and goofing off is actually going on in the sanctuary of so many churches. And because of this ungodly rise in performance and these shenanigans that take place in our sanctuaries and the tolerance of the church over the years, there is a massive falling away from righteousness amongst our young people in the church of Jesus Christ today. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, your comments on the opinions just shared. Tell us what you think about the effectiveness of song. 
whether or not it saves or leads to salvation. And, of course, the choir epidemic in today's church. We want to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Join the conversation, and we'll certainly be back with more discussion on this topic and other topics. Join us again next time on TSC Music's Music with a Mission. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Thank you.